Impeachment. Impeachment. Coronavirus. John Bolton. Uh... I can go on and on. And for those of you watching this on YouTube, we're working things out here. I'm actually listening to music in my head. That's why I'm kind of swaying back and forth and getting ready for the podcast. I'm super excited. You are here with me at Radio America, these beautiful studios. Like I say, right next to the swamp in Washington, D.C. It's okay. We shake off the swamp moisture off our boots every day before we come in here. And we're exposing what is happening inside the bubble because the bubble really is the bubble these folks they just don't get it i don't know what world or planet some of our congressional members and senators are living on but they just don't get it the american people are sick and tired of their bickering and fighting on capitol hill and they just want to get things done the whether you Love Donald Trump, hate Donald Trump, just like Donald Trump, anything Trump. It's besides all of that. The American people, what they want is for people that they voted for, for their lawmakers, who they pay with their tax dollars, to do their job. To take care of our education system, our infrastructure, medical. I mean, look. We have a lot of issues that we need to resolve in this country. Another issue that we need to resolve, what what's going on at the border? National security, our foreign policy issues with people overseas, Afghanistan. We still have soldiers there. Iraq, there's still dangers. People are still dying. But all we hear about every day is impeachment. And it's huge. You're right. This is an issue for every American. Why? Because it affects the stability of our country, the very fabric of our nation. We voted. The American people voted. They voted, and President Trump is a duly elected president. Yet since the beginning of his administration, all they have done is target him over and over and over again. This is what they do. Because they are furious that the way life was for them here on Capitol Hill, the way it's been going on for 20 years, has changed. It's changing. It's fundamentally changing because he said, we're not going to take this anymore. We're going to hold you accountable. So let's go to a story that's very important. This is a big, big breaking story, and it's about General Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Uh, his attorney, Sidney Powell, she is incredible she's been on the show before on the Sarah Carter show and she is fighting back like mad with facts not rhetoric with facts her supplemental motion that she submitted to the courts to withdraw his guilty plea is filled with facts that actually show the misconduct and the malfeasance conducted by the FBI when they not only targeted Carter Page but when they targeted General Flynn And it is so intense, this supplemental motion. I mean, I was I was reading with bated breath. I mean, I was turning the pages, like going through it. And then I saw the declaration from Lieutenant General Flynn. The first time we've actually heard him say this. And he said, I did not lie to them. I did not lie to them. I was forced, coerced into a guilty plea. Because the special counsel promised me, promised me that they would not go after my son, Michael Flynn Jr. That's what they did. 
They promised him, you plead guilty to something you didn't do and we'll back off. America, that is what is happening with these out-of-control prosecutors. This is not just General Flynn. Although General Flynn's case, he was the target from the very beginning from these folks that hate President Trump. I'm talking John Brennan, James Comey, James Clapper. They all worked together. General Flynn knew all of these folks because he was head of the Defense Intelligence Agency. He was the J-2 at the Pentagon, which means he ran intelligence at the Pentagon quite a a while back. And he was, I mean, basically the top dog on intelligence. He used to challenge the CIA continuously. They hated him for it. And they did not want to see him as national security advisor because guess what he was going to do? He was planning on auditing the CIA, all of their classified operations, a classified audit. And they weren't going to have any of that. They didn't even want President Trump. So it was a win-win for them. Get him out by any means necessary. And that's what they did. And how can you fight that? How can you fight that when you don't have... The resources, the finances, when someone's strong-arming you, can you imagine being questioned eight hours a day, eight hours a day by FBI agents, and you're telling the truth, and then they bring you back and they question you some more? So she is asking for the courts to basically, he wants to withdraw his guilty plea if they allow him to do that, if uh, Judge Sullivan actually allows that to happen, uh, they will go to a new trial, that or What if it gets thrown out altogether? That could probably be the best circumstance, right? Get it thrown out altogether. That could be the best. Somebody reminded me of that in an email last night, that it's not just going to the courts that could be the best outcome, but just getting the case thrown out altogether. I'm going to tell you why really quick before I move on to impeachment, why this is scaring the Justice Department. You want to know why? Because remember, just several weeks ago, the Justice Department wanted to give Michael Flynn a complete reversal. They said, now he should get jail time. He should be sentenced to six months in jail. Give him the max that we can give him, six months or more. I think the max would be like five years. But definitely give him six months, up to six months. When Sidney Powell filed this supplemental motion to withdraw the guilty plea, guess what they did? Within hours... They submitted their response and said, oh, we really don't want to give him jail time. We'll just give him probation. They don't want him to withdraw his guilty plea. They're trying to say, look, just get probation now. It's over. You never have to deal with this again. But then that would be an admission of guilt, right? So this is where they got him. They, they're, they're like, can you imagine being toyed with like this? They also don't want egg on their face because they know that if this goes to trial and Lieutenant General Michael Flynn is exonerated, the Department of Justice prosecutors are going to have egg all over their face. That's where I'm going to end it with Michael Flynn right now. He's a great man, a great patriot. Uh, You can read about all of the stories that we have on Lieutenant General Michael Flynn at SarahACarter.com. That's SarahACarter.com. I'm going to move really quick to impeachment, but I want to tell you who our special guest is. It's Congressman Lee Zeldin. Amazing. He's so funny, by the way. You guys are going to love him. He is easy to listen to, just like great music or a good glass of wine. (laughs) 
Adam's actually in the control booth and he loves it. You can talk, Adam. It's okay. I just enjoyed his his sense of humor. We caught him in a moment where you'll 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 hear it where there's just some real commotion in the background. And I don't want to get let the cat out of the bag here, but his ability to to deliver on what on Sarah asking him, where are you right now? It just made it's us. It's a all teaser, smile. folks. It's a teaser. Adam's right. It's a teaser. You gotta listen. You got to listen to this interview. It's great. It's uh, it's not long. It's about fifteen to sixteen minutes, and it is uh, just a fun interview and very very informative. I mean, he really nails a lot of things right on the head. I mean, there is just no other way to describe it. And and actually, we you know we joke around about Adam Schiff. Hint, hint. We have a thing about Adam Schiff now. So uh, you got to listen to the interview if you want to know what we discussed about Adam Schiff. So you got to listen to it. It's coming right up. We have also some big breaking news. It's on SarahCarter.com. You can go there to read this story. But two top GOP senators are now requesting that Attorney General William Barr declassify four footnotes in Inspector General Michael Horowitz's report saying that a section of that report misled the public. And unless these four classified footnotes are unclassified, the public will not be aware of it. There is a big conflict here. I mean, I tried my darndest to find out what those exact footnotes were, and nobody was talking. (laughs) They are classified. What we do know is that uh, Senator Ron Johnson... And Senator Chuck Grassley sent a classified letter to William Barr, and then they sent another letter that was unclassified that the public could read. What we do know is that there are four footnotes in the Horowitz report that contradict basically a part of the report that was made public. I want you to think about this, because this is Washington, D.C., People here are experts at covering up. It almost seems like they never even pay a price for what they do. And that's really, really scary. So when these senators are asking for this type of information, believe me, believe me, it's for a reason. And it's for a really important reason. And we as Americans deserve to know Everything. And by the way, President Trump has already given the authority to William Barr to declassify whatever he needs to declassify. So I hope Attorney General uh, William Barr does the right thing and he declassifies these documents. That's how important this is. I can tell you it's extraordinarily important. And like I said, we're going to have Congressman Zeldin on in a few minutes. You're going to love it. You're going to love to hear what he has to say. There is so much happening here. I want you to go to SarahCarter.com, read the stories there, listen to this podcast. By the way, go to the app and rate our podcast. Give us a five stars, right? Download the podcast. We are making waves across America. 2020 election is just around the corner. Every American right now is living in a moment of history. The decisions that we make today, those decisions that are happening right now here in the swamp on Capitol Hill, those congressmen that are fighting for truth and justice, 
And for the president's team up there who are making incredible arguments, Alan Dershowitz, Patrick Philbin. Before we go to Congressman Zeldin, I want to play that clip, Adam. Um, It's uh, the White House counsel, Patrick Philbin, before the Senate. If you're going to impeach the president of the United States, turning square corners and proceeding by the law matters. And for the House managers to come here and say it was blanket defiance, it was unprecedented, that you have to draw an adverse inference against them because they didn't respond to any of our document subpoenas. All of the document subpoenas were issued without authorization. Maybe they disagree with us, but they can't just say we provided no rationale and you have to draw an adverse inference. There was a specific legal rationale provided. This... Man, uh, he was called geek chic by everyone after he, you know, began his defense uh, for the president and laid it all out. And for those of you that couldn't hear that, because we've got right now what's going on in my ears. No, we got it fixed. You did? Yeah, the video is going to have the audio. It's all good. Oh, this is so great. We got it. I'm so excited. Okay, we got it fixed. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you guys are really bored right now, well, just no, staring at me. We're on a venture where we're trying to put our podcast as well on YouTube, and that yeah, takes exactly. a little bit of effort, and we've got it all figured out. I so. know. This is it. Go. We've got a team here. Jenny and Adam are the team that makes things happen. I'm so excited. Okay, so without further delay, I'm going to bring on Congressman uh, Lee Zeldin so you could hear this interview. You guys will not be disappointed. Congressman Zeldin, thank you so much for being on the Sarah Carter Show. I can't thank you enough. I know you've had your hands full. Everybody up on Capitol Hill has been uh, extraordinarily busy with impeachment. Of course, I think barely sleeping. So I, I really appreciate the time you're giving me here today. You got it. I'm very happy to. Thanks for everything you're doing. Oh, anytime, anytime. I want to inform the public. That's why I have you here, and there's nobody better than you to do that today. Uh, I know the president's defense team says that uh, this trial will end by Friday or Saturday. Mitch McConnell is now saying that they've got the votes they need to block witnesses. What are you hearing? I sure hope that it plays out like that. The country is ready to move forward. Uh, We're going to have a full day uh, over the course of eight last hours of uh, witness questions and Senate questions, and then you'll go tomorrow into a debate. And over the course of the day tomorrow or maybe Saturday, we hopefully will see an acquittal of the president. I just I don't want to see a dismissal. Right. I don't see a, a motion to just end the trial. The president should be found not guilty of what they are accusing him of. And they're not even accusing him of, of breaking any law. They say no one's above the law, but they don't even allege in the articles of impeachment a violation of a law. Uh, so this is, really, I think, a, a moment in time that our country is ready to move past. And, and it's amazing how much this president was able to get done through it over the last few months. And we've seen it just over the course of this week with him signing the USMCA and the day before announcing a very detailed proposal to try to resolve a long-standing conflict in the Middle East. So it, right. with the economy going as well as it is and Soleimani now dead, 
it's amazing how much he's accomplished during it and it can only make you imagine how much more he can accomplish once it's done. I think the American people are just exhausted. I mean, what are your constituents saying to you? I mean, you're you're from the great state of New York and we know there there aren't a lot of Republicans there, but what are you hearing from your constituents? My constituents are strongly opposed to this entire impeachment process. And I have a diverse district. I have a district that is about a third Republican, a third Democrat, and a third either a third, registered to a third party or no party at all. And this purple district on the east end of Long Island in New York is strongly opposed to impeachment. And there are people who despise the president just like there are in congressional districts all across America. But the, the silent majority, when they share with me what they're thinking, what they're feeling, they're they're passionate about seeing this end. And, and it's amazing that, that Nancy Pelosi picked Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler to be their point people over in the Senate chamber because they're so tainted, their credibility, their legitimacy, uh, not just of their arguments, but uh, for many of my constituents, also their character. And and it's also, speaking of which, uh, pretty amazing to see how easy it is, how much ease that Adam Schiff has when he lies, just like we saw in answering one senator's question where he claimed that uh, he had no idea who the whistleblower was, which is just 100 percent factually untrue, and we all know it is. Well, let's listen to him, because I have a clip of that right now. Adam, can you play Adam Schiff, the other Adam? Let me be clear about several things about the whistleblower. First of all, I don't know who the whistleblower is. I haven't met them uh, or communicated with them in any way. Uh, that appears to be like a five or ten Pinocchios. I don't know. what, Congressman, how does he do this and get away with it? Well, I mean, he's collected so many Pinocchios and should have collected so many more Pinocchios. That, I mean, my <laughs> suggestion is that going forward, the Post just calls it four Adam Schiffs. <laughs> yes! I mean, he just, it, it's unreal listening to him. And the, the, I mean, he already got caught in this lie. We know that the whistleblower was in touch with his team before that person was even a whistleblower, before that person had hired a whistleblower attorney. And Adam Schiff said that the whistleblower should be called so that we can hear what this person has to say. And then he changed his mind only after he got caught. So that's just one of many lies. We had, of course, the July 25th parody uh, version and and the more than circumstantial evidence that the president included with Russia to win the 2016 election. I mean, these are just three of the higher profile examples, but that list is deep, like going after the, the which you were amazing on, uh, with regards to this debate over FISA abuse. And, and he was claiming that, uh, that Devin Nunes' memo was inaccurate and he was telling the truth. And, you know, you were ahead of the curve, uh, you know, basically every step of the way on that. And uh, that's just four of many lies. Well, and that was just because I was relying on actual facts. I mean, and that was that was the difference. It wasn't hyperbole. It was it was actual facts, written documentation. Well, your colleague, uh, <laughs> if I might say so, maybe just from the state of New York. Well, Senator Schumer did something very theatrical and interesting uh, with Lev Parnas. He attempted to bring him in to the trial. Now, for all of you out there, I know I've explained this before, but you know, Lev Parnas is now under the thumb 
of, uh, you know, of prosecutors. He's facing some serious jail time. And Senator Schumer, you know, now he's become like the witness um, uh, that they want to bring forward uh, because he's trying to get out of this and he's making up all these stories and uh, trying to get some airtime turned on President Trump, turned on Rudy Giuliani. And he tried to bring him in, but he couldn't because of an ankle bracelet. How do you think uh, Senator Schumer felt? Do you think he, first of all, do you think he frisked him? Because I know Lev Parnas was recording everyone that he was around over the past year. Do you think Senator Schumer had to frisk him before they even started talking? Oh, I, I, I'm gonna. I don't want to think about that too much because I might end up in a, with a visual. Uh, I would say that you know, Lev Parnas's credibility was shot the moment that he got Vicky Ward of CNN to write a story claiming that Devin Nunes in December of 2018 was in Vienna to meet with Victor Shokin, which on so many different levels was just completely untrue. I mean, five Adam Schiff's. Five yeah, Adam Schiff's. Yes. Yes, the, the yes, the Sarah Carter fact checker gives that five Adam shifts. I mean, he wasn't in Vienna, and he wasn't in contact with Shokin, and, and that list goes on of just how wrong that was. So just like we saw this over-reliance on what Michael Cohen was saying, which fell apart in embarrassing fashion, now they're moving to Lev Parnas, and it's very telling. By, by the way, I mean, their, their position is that there haven't been any witnesses in the Senate. They're claiming that, that the witness count is at zero, which is very telling. If that's true, if we're actually at zero witnesses, why wouldn't the first witness be any single person who we've heard from so far who they claim has given them the evidence to provide um, proof beyond a doubt, the overwhelming, uncontested, indisputable evidence that they say it was? They're not asking to speak to any of those people from the House, they need to call someone who they have no idea what that person's going to say. Right. That's how desperate their case is and how much of a lack of proof, to the point where they're relying on Lev Parnas <laughs> to, to provide some magic bullet here, just like they were relying on Michael Cohen, desperately hoping that he'd provide some magic bullet on the Russia collusion delusion. Where are you right now, Congressman? Well, I am in the cloakroom right next to the House floor. We're, we're about to vote, and they have about a, a dozen telephone booths here. And there is a little kid just outside of my door here who is uh, banging on it. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's dressed well. Uh, maybe he's someone's son. Um, and I'm trying to wave him off right now. You uh, see? I apologize for that. <laughs> we can hear him in the background. We're like, where is he right where now? Where is that kid? Yeah, what's going on? I didn't know what was happening. I thought it was Senator Schumer. <laughs> uh, you have, there's a line here of people eager to be on the Sarah Carter podcast. Uh, we have a, a young, looks like a young yes. man who's next in line, and he wants his interview. He wants his airtime. And now, you know, there's been all this talk. we got to talk about it, about John Bolton, the former national security advisor for President Trump, and Bolton's book, which was leaked to the New York Times. And I actually have a really quick clip of John Bolton. And this is really interesting, because I'm going to set it up for you, and I know you saw the president's tweet. He said, game over when this clip was discovered. I will be meeting President Zelensky. Uh, he and President Trump have already spoken twice. The uh, uh, president called to congratulate President Zelensky on his election and then on his success in the parliamentary election. They were very warm and cordial calls. Uh, we're hoping that uh, they'll be able to meet in Warsaw and have a few minutes together uh, because the success of Ukraine, uh, maintaining its freedom, uh, its system of representative government, 
uh, a free market economy free of corruption. Uh, and dealing with the problems of the Donbass and the Crimea are uh, high priorities here, obviously, but high priorities for the United States as well. So here's Bolton. Their supposed, you know, new star witness, although Schiff had no respect for him in the past. You can read that at SarahCarter.com. Jenny did a great story on that with an old letter Schiff wrote about Bolton and how he opposed his appointment to the U.N. as ambassador. But there was this internal dispute, possibly maybe these two type A silverbacks in the Oval Office did not get along. um, And there are these leaks. And now we hear this. I mean, this is really telling because he basically said exactly what the president has been saying all along. I've been saying over the course of these last few days on this topic and really the last few weeks, I'm, I'm not convinced John Bolton's a good witness for the Democrats. <laughs> I'm and not either. His over-reliance on John Bolton, it, listen, if, that's a big door. And if you, if you want to call John Bolton, I want to hear from the whistleblower and Hunter Biden. And if you want to get into material facts to, pro, to provide real probing, honest answers, unless someone wants to perjure themselves, you called Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff. I mean, that list goes deeper if you want to actually open that door. But it's important to point out Adam Schiff never issued a subpoena to John Bolton in the House. And he talks about how it was going to take forever. It was going to take years. Who knows how long it was going to take to resolve this executive branch versus legislative branch dispute over subpoenas. Well, I mean, the argument is really BS because Judge Leon, a federal judge, took the Charles Kupperman subpoena, offered Mm -hmm. an expedited schedule to decide the executive versus legislative branch dispute in December, January, December 2019, in January. And instead of taking advantage of that to settle it and possibly get additional evidence to make his case, Adam Schiff lost interest, withdrew the government subpoena, and filed a motion to dismiss. Right. So do you think it's because they just wanted impeachment before the end of the year? I think it's twofold. One is they were on the timetable where they had to, they wanted to, and they had to, in their minds, impeach the president by Christmas. But here's the second problem, is that Judge Leon might have ruled in favor of the president. How do you impeach the president of the United States days after a federal judge says the president's not obstructing Congress? You can't, you can't pass an article of impeachment for obstruction of Congress you know, 72 hours later. So I think that they were not just in a timetable to impeach by Christmas. I think they were also afraid of the outcome. I think you just hit on something that's so important that nobody is even talking about. You're absolutely right. They were afraid of that final outcome. What would what would happen once it got to the courts? I want to move on because I know I only have a little bit of time left with you, but I want you to talk maybe briefly on Attorney General William Barr and John Durham's uh, criminal probe into what we all know now, I think, is the biggest story of modern political history, the spying of a presidential candidate and the spying on a president and his administration and all the evidence that's come out in the Horowitz report. Where do you think this is going? Well, I would hope that the way that this is going is towards there being accountability, uh, that there that there's sunlight on additional facts that they've uncovered that we may not yet know. But even based off of what we know already, we want to see people held accountable, not that they're able to just retire with their pension. 
and, and that's it, and then it's just whitewashed and everything moves on. I mean, there were crimes committed here in that process. It's clear as day that there was criminal activity, there was misconduct at the highest levels of the DOJ and FBI, and, and even where something is not following the process administratively, that they don't feel like there's a criminal charge with regards to a particular person involved in the process. I want full accountability. If someone committed a crime, hold them accountable for their crime. If someone abused uh, the Woods procedures, let's figure out why the Woods procedures were abused. If there were individuals who were speaking to members of the media and in return they were getting free tickets to concerts and free food and, and everything else in exchange. Wherever there are laws that are broken, I believe that the, the Justice Department, the FBI, should be held to not a lower standard, but at, at least the same standard, if not higher. Wow. Uh, if you're the director of the FBI, that's not a free pass. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. You're actually at a higher standard than everyone else, and that applies, I think, to uh, basically anyone who is involved in this whole process responsible for any of this misconduct. Well, Congressman, I think that the American people, that's what they're frustrated with, and I'm going to leave you with the final word here, but Americans are looking at this, and I know I hear it all the time on Twitter. I hear it in my, e- you know, with letters that I get in my email account uh, for sarahcarter.com, but I hear it all the time. People are saying, look, is there a two-tier justice system? Are we ever going to have justice, and what does this mean we would go to jail for doing what they did but they are they do appear to be getting a free pass can you give some hope some semblance of hope to all the american people out there that are exhausted of impeachment exhausted of targeting president you know people targeting president trump in this administration exhausted with the fact that the democrats really aren't allowing congress to move forward with the agenda that actually affects the american people is there any hope that this will turn around an acquittal is hopefully imminent. The conclusion of the investigation by Barr and Durham is hopefully imminent. There's an election this November where the American people hold the power. If they don't want to see a gavel in the hands of Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and Maxine Waters, fortunately in this great country, the power is with your audience to be able to take control of the destiny for their districts, their state, and, and our country. So is there hope? Yes. Will we come out of this stronger than we've ever been? Absolutely. And ultimately, this time next year when we're having a conversation, we could be talking about all sorts of progress and moving forward as Americans. Uh, but unfortunately, at the, end of, at the end of the day, Pelosi is still the speaker. Nadler and, and Waters and Schiff still have gavels. Uh, so the most amount of power really is on how we exercise it, not with a position or a title uh, that, that's fancy, but just as, a, as an American citizen with the ability to vote and make a difference. Congressman Zeldin, thank you. I feel positive now. I know our listeners do, too. Get out there and vote. Speak your minds. Do what's right. And remember, there are great congressmen here in the D.C. swamp that are fighting for you. And Congressman Zeldin is one of them. Thank you so much, Congressman, for coming on the show today. It's great to be with you today. Thank you so much. Empowerment. We all have it. This is a nation that is built up of people from all over the world, right? The one thing that makes us different, the one thing that most people from any place else in the world 
whether they're from Vietnam, whether they're from Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran, uh, even Germany, even other places in the world where, you know, it's a Western Western country. We're th- but the one thing we have is this system of government, this system of justice, this ability to make something out of yourself. I believe in the American dream. It has not died. That is not true. But your vote is what matters. You got to get out there and exercise the right, your right to vote. Regardless of what party you belong to. There is a reason. There is a reason why we live in a nation where we can transfer power without fighting in the streets, without turning into civil distress and civil war. We have seen that in other countries. But if you don't exercise your right to vote, if you don't do it, and you don't get out there and make your voice heard, then it's like giving away something that we fought so long and so hard for. This isn't just about going to the ballot box and, oh gosh, I got to go vote. Who am I going to vote for? You know, this is about... This is a privilege. I live in a nation that guarantees me rights so that I can speak up at the ballot box. You know, you'll have no one to blame but yourself. If everybody just got out there and voted, you know, it would be incredible. But we always see this every election cycle, right, where there's so many people that just didn't even bother to get up and vote. And everybody's wondering, like, well, how did that person get into office? That's what okay. I was hoping you could speak to, because what do you say to somebody who appreciates everything that those before us have done to allow us the privilege to vote, the right to vote? But maybe they just don't identify with any of the candidates. Should we just put a blind vote out there? Well, I think you need to speak up. You need to put something down there. There's somebody that that aligns someone. And if there isn't, then put someone in there that, you know, that you believe would represent you. Just take it. That that right to vote, that privilege that they fought for. And I'm talking about our military, the beginning of this nation, the revolution. I mean, think about all that we have done so that we can have a system that guarantees that we can transfer power peacefully. It's not perfect. It is not a perfect system. That is true. It took me a while to realize it, but yeah, but there's take, taking that that mind frame of oh, I don't know any better, so I'm just not going to vote. Well, that's just because you're not paying attention, and that's not okay. Right, right. And there's a lot of people that just say, oh, I don't even know what's going on. I don't care. But then when something actually affects their life, when it actually comes to fruition, they're like, oh no, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Well, you didn't even bother paying attention to it. You need to pay attention. We need to be excited about our system of government. You know, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or Independent or you're part of the Green Party, whether you support President Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or, you know, Joe Biden or whoever, whoever or Elizabeth Warren, this is about you exercising the most perfect, I guess, no, I don't want to say it's the most perfect because it's not. I want to say this is about you exercising your rights and doing something that other people in other nations do not have. They, They attempt 
to get here no matter what, putting their lives on the line, illegal immigrants, legal immigrants, doing anything they can to escape the horrors of their own country so that they can live in a nation like the United States of America that guarantees their freedom, that they could talk, they could say what they want to say, that there is a justice system that is actually still just. I mean, we're a little bit spoiled. We are a little bit spoiled, and that's okay. But we just got to remember that if we don't protect this nation, if we don't protect the foundation of our Constitution, if we don't protect what we stand for, it can all disappear. You know, the Roman Empire lasted far longer, and it collapsed on itself. It collapsed on itself. I think we should go to to get some tweets. Jenny, do we have any uh, Twitter action happening? Anything going on that I need to read on the air? Because this is important. And we promised you some great uh, Twitter action here at the Sarah Carter Show. So so we actually had some people respond about John Bolton's video that came out that the president tweeted saying game over. Um, so a couple people here. Ooh, we have Charlie Mays. He said, I nearly threw up after Schiff's shameless plug of Bolton's upcoming book. <laughs> Oh, I nearly throw up every time he opens his mouth. I'm right there with you. Next. Next, we have Bob. He says, fat lady just sang. <laughs> the fat lady just sang. Was he talking about Schiff or Bolton? He's talking about Bolton. Oh, I was thinking of both of them. Mic okay. Drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Boom. And then we have Michael. He said, I just heard his book sale royalties go down the toilet. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Michael <laughs> That's Michael pretty Lins. funny. But wait, Jenny has on her phone, somebody tweeted like this little meme, this video or whatever of a cat. Look, is that the same one? That's is that Michael? Same guy. Yep. Oh my gosh, it's so great. It looks like my cat. It looks like Barry. And he's looking down a toilet as it's flushing. <laughs> and it's awesome. It was so funny. I was just so distracted by it. Anything else? Or is that it? Are those the good ones? Oh, wow. America, I love you. You're funny. You're great. We're a great nation. I love being here every day, talking to you and talking about the latest developments. And like I said, I always want to hear your voice. I want to know how you are. I want to know how your day's going, how you're feeling, what you care about, so we can bring it to you here at the Sarah Carter Podcast. Remember, you can always, always visit our top stories at sarahacarter.com that's sarahacarter.com and you can follow me on twitter at sarahcarterdc subscribe to us on your podcast and give us a five-star rating we will update you with more i wanted to get to the coronavirus so many things happening sorry i didn't have the time we are taking back the story america thank you for being with me today